Take your Bibles, please, and turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1. Verses 8 and 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith and the salvation of your souls. We have marked three words in those two verses. We have marked love, joy, and faith. Recognizing that it is the gospel that is expressed in the love, joy, and faith. Aren't you thankful that the gospel is good news for bad people? And we are all in that category of bad people, are we not? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it's not our standard that determines how good or bad we are. It is God's standard because God is holy. And that is his character. And it is against the character of God that you and I have sinned. Missed the mark. And I am so thankful that the gospel is good news for bad people. Now last week we talked about love. And we talked about whom having not seen we love. Though you do not see him, you still love him. And it's important for us to recognize that our love that has been given to us for God is expressed from our life. Because Jesus was asked what the greatest commandment was, and you remember what he said. That you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. First love. First love is an important part in our lives. And we need to understand that it is that first love that allows us to recognize who God is. First love happens when we find in another what we desperately need in ourselves. And that is the love that we have discovered in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Now let me just very quickly remind you what we looked at as far as love was concerned last week. Love looks at others, not ourselves. And it is very important that we understand the object of our love, and we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Love operates with a confident commitment. Love, in a very special way, voices forgiveness. If you've never discovered forgiveness, you can never really understand love. And love endures through all of the stress of life. Love. The foundation of our relationship with God. That ought to bring to our lives some joy. And I am so thankful that we can rejoice in the one who gave his life for us. Joy. Someone has said, joy is the serious business of heaven. He came that we might have life and that we might have it more abundant. Christians should be the most joyful people in the world. Amen? Now, I didn't say happy. Happiness has to do with external circumstances. I'm happy because last week 
I got a refund check from Sam's Club. I have a Sam's Club credit card, and I get 5% off of all of my gas purchases. So when I pull up to the pump and I notice that it's $2.50, I know I get 12 and a half cents a gallon refund. And I got my refund check. That made me happy. I looked at it this morning and I found out that it wasn't made out to me. <laughs> well, it wasn't made out to Connie either. It was made out to Sam's Club so I can go to Sam's Club and buy stuff, their stuff for, for the amount of money, you know. <laughs> I just saw that today. So much for that deposit in the account. Huh? I can cash it? That money's mine? I don't have to share? I do have to share. <laughs> but that's an external circumstance, right? Joy is our internal understanding that God has everything in control. Amen? And there is joy because we recognize that we have a God who is able to do all things abundantly above what we would ever ask or think. Joy is the serious business of heaven. Now, last week we talked about joy. Joy means Jesus is real. Amen. Jesus is real. Joy is an overwhelming delight inexpressible in our text how, how in the world can you share with anybody the joy that you have because jesus is real philippians chapter 4 talks about peace which passes all understanding and believers have that kind of peace because we know that god is in control but believers also have that inexpressible overwhelming delight because we can trust a sovereign and holy God. And the yardstick of joy is giving glory to God. We find that in our text. And we recognize that we rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with the glory of God in our lives. Joy. Now, we've talked a little bit about love. We've talked a little bit about joy. And I want you to know that love and joy are the preludes to the identity of our faith. Love, we love him because he first loved us. Joy, we have that wonderful confidence in, in who he is. And that allows us to trust him. You know, the scripture says that we walk by faith, not by sight. That's tough, isn't it? No, we've been saved by grace through faith. But it is so difficult to walk by faith, not by sight. And yet the scripture says that our faith, the faith that God has given to us, will end up in the salvation of our souls. Heaven's a real place. And I want to go there. Heaven has been designed by God for God's people. And I am looking forward to the day that I will see him face to face. Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. 
who are not so, I would I go to prepare a place for you. Aren't you thankful that when we get to heaven, it's going to be finished? There will not be any work projects in heaven. And it's going to be done right. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. So what is faith? Faith allows us to focus on Jesus. Faith allows us to recognize that there was one who came and shed his precious blood in payment for our sins. Faith allows us to understand that the sovereign Son of God left heaven's glory, came to earth to show us grace and truth and the Father and provides a relationship with God through his Son. The object of our love determines the action of our love. The object of our joy determines the depth of our joy. And the object of our faith determines the security of our faith. And we can trust in the Son of God who came as the Lamb of God to take our sins. Though we have not seen him, we still love him. And verse 9 says that we have obtained the outsource, the outcome of our faith, the salvation of our souls. The word obtained there is an interesting word in the Greek. It has the idea of a past decision that affects future reality. A past decision that affects future reality. I'm starting to think about the future. I'm starting to think about retirement years. And I know that my past financial decisions are going to affect the future reality of my retirement years. I understand that. I'm so thankful that the past decision I made to trust Jesus Christ as personal Savior will affect my eternity years. Because when I absent my body, I am going to be present with my Lord. And I'm looking forward to that. Not only does faith focus on Jesus, faith also accepts God's perfect plan. Peter talks about in verse 9, the outcome of our faith. The salvation of our souls is the outcome of our faith. It will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One look at his dear face. All sorrow will erase, so bravely run the race till we see Christ. And along the way, it's progressive sanctification where I am challenged and changed and conforming to the character of Christ. I'm not all that I should be, but one day I will be all that he wants me to be.
But until then, I'm growing. But I am looking toward the outcome. I don't like to do things just to do things. I don't like to exercise just for the sake of exercising. I want some outcome. There's outcome in being a Christian. And that outcome is heaven. That outcome is present with the Lord. That outcome is the end result, the salvation of our souls. Amen? Faith also gives to us a difference between that which is eternal and that which is external. May I remind you that salvation is the only permanent component of life? Think about that. Salvation is the only permanent consistent in life. Death does not end salvation. It's permanent. And it will eat. Continue for all eternity. And so as we have trusted Christ as personal Savior, it is indeed internal in our lives because it is a fact based on the faith that we have to trust Christ as personal Savior. Eternal, not external. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, Hebrews chapter 11, the evidence of things not seen. Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things that are not seen are eternal. That's all part built in. To our relationship with God through His Son. Faith also reminds us that the best is yet to come. God has blessed me. God has blessed all of us. I have absolutely no rights but by the grace of God in my life. Isn't it great to be born in America? I am so thankful that I live in America, was born in America, not Syria. Or China. Or North Korea. But as much as I have been blessed, I am so thankful that the best is yet to come. Keep your finger here in 1 Peter. and Turn over to 1 Corinthians, will you please? 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I just want you to see this text. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me begin with verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. I saw that verse in a nursery one time. Sorry, I digress. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, 
at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed. For this perishable body must put on the imperishable and this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall be then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swaddled up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The best is yet to come. But between here and there, look with me at verse 58. Therefore, because the best is yet to come, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The best is yet to come. And heaven will be worth it all. Back to First Peter chapter 1, please. The last four words of verse 9. Salvation of your souls. Heaven will be worth it all. Now, I don't know if you're a dichotomist. Two parts to our being, body and spirit. I don't know if you're a trichotomist. Three parts to our being, body, soul, and spirit. But I will tell you this, one day we're going to be unified because we will absent this body and be present with our Lord. And that will be worth it. And this is life eternal, Jesus said, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The salvation of our soul. So what do we have? We have love. We have joy. And those two qualities are the preludes to our faith. Recognizing it's all about the one whom we have not seen but we still love. And understanding that we can trust him for every need of our This morning we are going to celebrate the given body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ so that we can remember Jesus. So that we can remember what he did to provide for us the good news for bad people. I trust that as we celebrate today you remember the love that we are to have, that you will remember the joy that is ours and that you will focus on the faith.